This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit. Now, Lord, I thank you that you put a mirror in front of us, a mirror that will help us to become what you want us to be, where your word reflects to us where we need to grow and who we are becoming, and it is a clear path to where we need to get in our lives. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Amen and amen. Well, we're in a series here called self And I know that some generation ago, we would have never heard a series called Selfie. Paul would have never preached about uh, selfies uh, because it wasn't culturally relevant. But what we're really trying to do is telling you how do you be a Christian in a social media world? Because a lot of people are having enough trouble being a Christian in the real world, much less they've already given up in a social media world. Now, look, I've been pacing myself all day long. But but I can I can get a little fired up if I need to. Let me rephrase that for you. Sometimes the devil's tempting you in a social media world, and you think, well, that's out there in cyber world. But can you know that what you do in cyber world affects what happens in your current world? And so we've spent the last few weeks in a series. And in this series, we've been calling it Selfie, because we have to realize that God has created us for more than our own selfish goals and our own selfish desires for men's praise. That we are more than a false front that we portray to everyone with the right filters, the right lights, and cutting out the things we don't want them to see. Last week we studied how social media is laced with little hooks. Okay, Little hooks want to ensnare us in sin. Now, I remember that for some reason, the last service, I remember being a young intern pastor and, and one of the associates came to me and needed something from me on, on that Sunday. And I'd already made a commitment to go disciple somebody by trout fishing with them that afternoon. I thought that's good discipleship. He said, but we really need you here. And I said, well, I have plans. I've got to go there. And, and, and I, I took the wrong attitude and spoke incorrectly. I, I was not being a, a godly example to the young man I was trying to disciple. And so we storm out. We're having a, a great time. We get out there, and it was probably the first cast of the day. I didn't know that not only did this young man need spiritual discipleship, he needed casting discipleship. And he put that hook right through my hand on the first cast of the day. And suddenly I heard the words of that associate pastor saying, I really need you here. I think God wants you here. And I said, oh, God, you I should have listened to you, oh, God. But let me tell you, the reason I bring that story up is this. It wasn't the fact that I got a hook through my hand that 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 made the great impression. It was the fact that my attitude put me in the wrong place to get a hook inside of my life. And when you have a wrong attitude or a wrong outlook, you'll end up with little hooks that are going to grab you more more easily. And last week we talked about how envy is grabbing a hold of us. And this is what we studied last week, that envy causes you to resent God's goodness in other people's lives and to ignore God's goodness in your own. 
So in other words, I'm looking so, uh, coveting means I want what you have. Envy means I think I deserve what you have and more. And when I think I deserve what you have and more, what that causes me to do is to forget where God has brought me. And let me just stop for just a moment and tell you today that I know that many of us are not going through the best of times in our lives. But this I do know, that whether we go through good times or bad times, we do not go alone. Because he walks with us and he talks with us and he leads us along the way. And he is faithful. Can anybody give that kind of God a praise this morning? Amen. And so we get our eyes on how good he has been to us. We stop trying to think we deserve a life that someone else is not even happy with themselves. And when we're struggling, the greatest thing that helps us to beat that little hook of envy is to we have to try filtering everything life throws our way through gratitude. There's been many times I've come in to the, with the wrong attitude, but worship has changed my attitude to a state of gratitude. It's important. Now, Galatians chapter 1, verse number 10. I've got some truths for you today. I've been trying to pace myself today, but I feel this message deep in my heart. Galatians chapter 1, verse number 10 reads like this. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. We've been, I've asked you to memorize this because there's going to be decisions in your life when you're young. There's going to be decisions in your life as you're growing, as you're maturing, as you're, as you're even looking at your children. They're wanting you to do things that are contrary to what you know God has, has instructed you to do in this life. And you realize something. It's not about making you happy. It's about making him happy. And as long as I'm walking in the favor of God, everything else is going to work out. Can I get an amen for that? So this week we're going to circle back around to a question that maybe we should have asked very early on. Is social media bad? Is social media bad? Somebody said, well, you know why one of them was formed, but I'm, I'm not talking about why the one that was formed because men were wanting to be lustful over women. But the one I, what I want to ask you is the concept of social media bad? And the answer to that is no. No. What I mean by that, with so many things, what makes it bad is how you use it. For example, let's talk about alcohol for just a moment. Alcohol used to clean a wound, good. Painful, but good. Alcohol used to try to drown your sorrows away, not good. Social media. If you use it to troll for lustful purposes or to feed your envy or to even look for validation, bad. But if you use it as a way to stay connected within a community, good. So it's as with every other thing in our lives, it's up to us to determine if it's going to be good or if it's going to be bad. And what really brings that down to the question of is it good or bad is how you manage it. Does it control you or do you control it? Because if it controls you, some of you are going, Pastor Don, you don't understand. I don't really have a problem with that. Well, that may not be you, but let's talk to this generation for a moment. Pastor Max shared with us on Wednesday night how that his daughter had forgotten her shoes. And she's like, Daddy, you're just going to have to forgive me. I forgot my shoes. I can never remember anything. He said, you never forget your phone. Anybody else could understand that? You see... In those moments 
We realize the power that it has. I realize the power that it has. That in many ways, social media has become something that helps de-stress me in the moment. You know, you spend a lot of time, and my wife likes to watch those, those TV shows that are straight from the pits of darkness. And I'm not talking about Hallmark Channel. Come on now. Amen. But my wife likes to watch those shows that that uh, they show you, you know, somebody uh, it going into an emergency room setting and the tra- the trauma, you know, the trauma shows, you know. And she likes to watch those medical shows, and, and and I can't stand to watch it with them because she's like, that reenactment can't be true because if you gave them this, this, and this, they'd be dead anyways. I mean, know my pain now. Come on, amen. And I'm like, my goodness. But I can't stand to watch. And she's like, why won't you watch the show with me, baby? I said, because I go to too many emergency rooms in real life situations. I go and I, and I see these, these real things. But because of that level of stress, I have found that whenever anything gets stressful, I pull out my phone and I start flipping through my social media. It distresses me. It's gotten so bad that if we're watching a movie together and it's that point where somebody's going to jump out from behind of a door, every time the tension builds, I, I cannot stop it. I reach over and I grab my phone and I'm like, she's like, watch the movie. I'm like, no, I'm good. Come on now. Amen. Why? Because I've developed something that is to rely upon that. If you rely on anything other than the Holy Spirit to set your mood, you need to get a hold of it, and you need to stop letting it control you, and you need to start controlling it. Can I get an amen for that? But when we're dealing with social media, we have to make sure technology is enhancing our relationships and not replacing them. We need to ensure our ability to communicate doesn't prevent us from talking more while actually saying less. And here's how we're going to get there. Watch this. We must focus on loving other people more than liking them. I felt for a guy in the first service that came up to me after the message and he went, Pastor, thumbs up. He didn't plan that. He went, thumbs up. And I looked at him and he said, oh, that doesn't work in this situation. I said, just tell me you love the message. There you go. Amen. You know, we don't spend too much time liking things and never letting us really learn to love others. You see, it's more than just a like. It's an action of concern that must replace it. So how are we going to accomplish loving others more than just liking them? This is simple, but it's powerful. Are you ready for this? You're taking notes. You need this. Be there in person be there in person sometimes you're like put the phone down and get here with us i'm amazed at how many of you just had an urge to pull out your phone right there you see i remember one time driving hours to attend the funeral of a relative of some of my closest friends i'll never forget the look on their face and just about two weeks ago, one of that, those family members, I, I had not thought anything about that in years. They sent me a message and said, you'll never know what that meant to me. You'll never know. Being there. Being there in person. Taking the time to write a note. To make a call. Or to drop by for a visit. Pastor Don, what does this have to do with me feeling bad about my sin? Listen, I'm getting you there. But I need you to understand You'll never get changed until you get present. See, we must engage on a deeper level. We must learn to engage on a deeper level. Second John chapter 1, 
verse number 12 reads like this. I have much more to say to you, but I don't want, this is Paul, I don't want to do it with paper and ink. For I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. He says, look, some things need to be dealt with in person. Then our joy will be complete. Now, I'm going to give you a truth here, and I hope that it speaks to some of you. Ready? Watch this. Two, two important things from this passage. If you won't say it to somebody's face, then you should not say it online. It's that true, simple. If you know if you say that to their face, it's going to break relationship with them, then that's how a Christian needs to learn how to behave like a Christian in a social media world. Is if you can't say it to their face, you definitely shouldn't say it online. Secondly, some issues can't and shouldn't be handled in a public forum, and that even includes in private message. Some things need to be dealt with according to Matthew 18 and 15. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back, and that does not mean you go up to them and say, oh, you need to forgive me because you offended me. That defeats the purpose. You go to them and say, will you forgive me for the feelings I've had? Wow. I'm about to show you why this is important. Here's another thing. You should never argue on social media. Somebody goes, well, that would just take away my joy. Actually, it builds nobody's joy up, particularly when you argue on my post. I posted something when the heartbeat bill was going around and, and as I posted when the heartbeat bill was going around about pro-life and, and, and somebody came on there and attacked me like crazy and about 15 of you went, <laughs> I appreciate the fact you got my back. But listen, when they posted wrong to me, I thought, now you engaged in the conversation and now I get to introduce you to Jesus. But about 10 attacks later, I said, uh, people said, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. I went, guess it's not working the way it was meant to work. If you have to realize what you say and what you do in this social media world is one of the greatest platforms and pulpits of all time. Now, I enjoy a good meme just like anybody else. And some of you, I'll even send you a big thumbs up with that. I'm like, oh, that's great. Can I steal it? But at other times, if what you're saying does not cause other people to let down their wall so that they can know Christ, be careful. While we're talking about how it is to argue online, let me just tell you something else. This is, this, you gotta send, this is a pastor who spent 30 years listening to couples fight. Don't fight over text with your spouse. Don't. Stop. If you're fighting over text with your spouse, the kids are in between you, you're sitting on one end of the couch and they're sitting on the other end of the couch and you're like... And you're going, but pastor, the kids are present. The kids feel it. It would be better for mom and dad to go to the bedroom and close the door and fight it out. Not physically. 
I just sensed that in my spirit. Some of you went, Pastor said, no. But while we're there, you can never make up until you work it out. Somebody went, what did he say? Explain that one to you later. But get along and talk it out. Stop. It's irritating. Yeah, it's irritating. But what that does is it opens room for the devil to plant a seed in your life. Now, sometimes you just say, I'll see you when I get there. And then you're going to fuss at the steering wheel all the way there. But by the time you're there, you'll be almost fussed out. This is powerful. You ready for this? It's hard to hug a selfie. <laughs> I've had this image of the new kind of dating. <laughs> FaceTime dating. You know what? What do you want for dinner? I don't know. I'm in Chinese restaurant. Where are you? I'm at the Mexican restaurant. All right. Yeah. You know what? I just solved the what do you want for dinner question right here on this stage. Wow. Former Surgeon General said this, and this is important. There's really a reason I'm giving you this. He said, we live in the most technologically connected age in the history of civilization, yet rates of loneliness have doubled since the 1980s. A groundbreaking study in 2010, they found that weak social connections can shorten a person's life by 15 years. Roughly the same equivalent as 15 cigarettes a day. Because we don't have each other. And you need others. And others need you. We need connection. You see, sometimes I'm the most lonely standing right there. The loneliest part of my week can be right there on a Sunday morning sometimes. It's stopping and taking time to connect. Romans chapter 12 says it this way. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. And interesting, it says, hate what is wrong. We're talking about love, love, love. But then it says, hate. What it's talking about there is this, that if you really love them, you won't stay quiet when you see them going down the wrong path. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight, notice this, in honoring each other. Philippians 2, 3 says, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, but be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. This is important. I want you to get this. I want you to buy into this today. What the Word of God is saying is you be there for people. And you go, but Pastor Don, I feel like I'm always there for everybody else. It doesn't matter if they reward you. God will. God will reward you. You see, you have to be, this is important, you have to be in the presence to be a conduit of His presence into your environment. This is important. Nephew, come here a minute. For many years, he was my only nephew. Now, this is my nephew. And if we are never in the same environment, then we don't have the power of connection. But when he steps up beside me in that lonely spot, I try to do this every Sunday morning. Because I want him to know I see him. I love him. 
and I'm not alone. Now watch what that does. That connection helps us push back a loneliness. Watch this. John, come here just a minute. Come here, real fast. What's the point we're making? You have to be present to be a conduit for his presence in your environment. You don't have your phones in your pockets, do you? Got yours in? All right, you be on yours. And just be on your phone. Now, is, is he here? Or is he there? He's there. And she needs him where? Here. Because they got a lot of little ones. But he's there. I told you I was going to get to dealing with us. He's there, not here. And being there, not here, prevents him from being a conduit to the presence of God. Put your phone in your pocket now. That's all right. Take your hands. Both of them. Get all gooey. Don't take it too far. Look her in the eyes. Now he's here. And he has become a conduit with her for the presence of God. And when he prays for her, and he says, thank you for what my wife does, she feels blessed. And when he prays for her, she feels protected. And then, I'm going to do my best Amy voice, she's like, that's my man. <laughs> are you seeing what I'm saying to you? If you are always lost in cyber world, doing things you shouldn't be doing, checking out friends you shouldn't be checking out, you're going to miss the power of being present. Thank you, guys. Can you give me just a second more? Would you three come here right fast? You three. This is pivotal. Told you I was getting you somewhere. Hey, Grace. <laughs> How old are you, Grace? Thirteen. She's a teenager. Do you know what that means? She doesn't know what she's thinking half the time. <laughs> One day she's in a good mood, and 12.2 seconds later, get out of her way. One day she's like her daddy, and one day she's like her mama. <laughs> Come on now. I wasn't saying which one was good or bad. That's not, I ain't getting into y'all family stuff. But as messed up as her world can be, she has a choice. You have your phone with you? Do you have your phone with you? Loan her your phone. You don't have to unlock it, but loan it to her. Step right there. Here's the problem. Most of the time, the parents don't know how to get over here and the only one telling a confused 13-year-old, wonderful and great, who I've loved her whole life, girl, is somebody on here telling her if she's pretty or if she's chosen. 
or what she should be, think about life and what her political views should be and what, what, who God really is. And so she has somebody here. I'm, pre- I'm preaching now. She says somebody here trying to tell her and see, they can be busy in their own worlds. And the problem is she desperately needs to have this thing put away for just a moment because we need each other. Presence is powerful. And she needs to get over here with somebody who's going to tell her you're loved. You are chosen, and I don't care what anybody else says about you. You are God's gift to this generation. Amen. Thank you. Can you give me one more moment for one more analogy? Are you ready for this? I'll start to say all of you come up here, but just stay where you are. It works even larger, even further. We are His children. Let us think of ways to motivate one another, Hebrews 10, 24, one another to acts of love and good works. Notice this in verse 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. In other words, be faithful to God's house because not only do you need it, but your family needs it. And not only does your family need it, but this church needs you here. But encourage one another, particularly now that it's closer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ because presence is powerful and we become a conduit that creates the atmosphere in which we worship. You don't know what hell somebody else walked through to get here. But when you lift up your hands and you lift up your voice, and you create the right atmosphere, you become a conduit for the presence of the power of God in this, in this house. We need each other. So we can fight in some make-believe world, or we can love in a real world. Oh, wow, Matthew 18, 20. I didn't even think about that. For two or three are gathered together as my followers. Oh, that just makes my point. It's almost like I put that slide in there. I am there among them. He said, get together. Sort of like what God's doing in this revival. We've gotten together. And he showed up. Go all the way to the very last passage. John 13, 34. Stand with me. This is Jesus speaking. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Be present. Be there. Oh, but Pastor Donna, I like their post. Posts don't keep you connected with the world. I was heartbroken last night heartbroken when I discovered that one of the families that I I probably interact with as much as or more than anybody in this church had a funeral yesterday and nobody told me and I saw the after post the after post saying thanks for everybody who let us know you love us but I love you would you have my phone See, a post is just a post. Let me go old school for you. Sometimes a post is just a dumb old post, like one stuck in the ground. It can only go as far as it is sent or put. But presence 
has everything. Being there with your family, you will have a better marriage if you'll get there. You will have stronger children if you'll be there. We will be a better church if you're here. For your love for one another, not how loud you preach, how long you sing, how much you give, how many playgrounds you build, but your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. In the last service, the Lord just revealed this to me at the end. If we're not in it together, we're simply travelers along the same road. And before long, if you don't know the people traveling with you, it's no different than Georgia 400. Get out of my lane and get out of my way. And how dare you cut me off? Do I have to tell that story, Lord? So the other day, I am fighting to get where I need to be. I mean, I'm screaming trying to get there. I, I have fault traffic and, and distraction, and I've got to be somewhere at a certain amount of time. And, and this car from, 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 from God bless their souls. Let me just say in a good southern way, God bless their heart. It was in front of me. And I was like, please, please, the left lane is not made for you. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Some of you going, what's about the left lane? See, we need another sermon. <laughs> Get over. And I'm flying. I'm probably not doing the best speeding example. And they're just poking along. And I'm like, oh, God. Move him, Jesus. And as I'm frustrated, going, ah, catch something out of the corner of my eye and it's somebody that listens to me preach going pastor I was like thank you God I wasn't going you come on now I'm like I don't want to be on the same road with people I want to be in relationship with them because that's what shows people we're Christians that's what shows people we care. That we love one another. Living God, forgive us for not being here. Not being in our homes and not being in our families. Living in a cyber world that is messed up. Lord, I'm just going to pray right now what I feel to pray. This is messed up as back in the 80s when Max Hedrum's face would come on and be all messed up. We don't realize that we're glitching in our own families and in our own lives because we've spent too much time in a cyber world. Forgive us. Let us use the tools you put in our hands to spread the gospel further and further and further and to be witnesses in this world. But help us to be good men and women. And most of all, the sons and daughters of the Most High God in every avenue of our lives. Lord, help us be there. Come on, pray that with me. Lord, help us be there. Help us be present in person in the 
Father, for those that are here that have come seeking you this morning, as they ask you into their life, may your grace cover them. Today, Father, I feel that your purpose and your plan has been to give us all a check to ground ourselves, to manage what has been managing us, and to re-engage in the life you've given us as the sons and daughters of God, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning. God's good. Amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.